Hey guys, and welcome to the Strong Tower Mental Health Podcast, where you will be inspired, encouraged, and transformed with powerful teachings and real stories of mental health. This podcast is not a substitute for counseling. If you are in a crisis, call or text your local crisis center or visit suicidepreventionlifeline.org. Jesus is in our mental health, and freedom is where we start. I am your host, Heidi Mortensen, licensed marriage and family therapist. Get ready. Today's show is going to bring you hope. Hello, and welcome to the Strong Tower Mental Health Podcast. I am your host, Heidi Mortensen, licensed marriage and family therapist, and I do this podcast because I want to help you. I love being a therapist, but I have one person in front of me, or if it's a couple, I have two, or if a family, it's the family in front of me, and I'm limited to be able to help them in the hour that I have. And so I do this podcast so that I can be a counselor to more than just the person who's in front of me. So I pray that this show blesses you. Today, we're going to be talking about trauma. The title of this episode is, What Happened to You? Because would you rather be asked the question, what happened to you or what's wrong with you? So often we think that we're being kind and we're we're thoughtful and we are trauma informed, but in reality, we can unintentionally shame other people and ourselves without even realizing that we're doing it. And so this episode, I'm going to be talking about what it means to be trauma informed and how we can be more trauma informed and to think more like Jesus and respond more like Jesus in situations where there may be trauma in ourselves or in someone else. So let's pray. Holy Spirit, we welcome you right here, right now in this episode. Jesus, we thank you for the cross and power of your blood, the power of the resurrection, that we're no longer in the tomb, but we are in the throne room with you, God. And we have access to all the fruits of the Spirit, that our identity is with you. And so right now, I just pray for heavenly alignment over all the listeners, that their spirit will rise above their soul and their body and that they are made perfect in the image of God and that that spirit is aligned with you, Holy Spirit. And so we just pray for that heavenly alignment in the Lord that just like what you say in the Lord's Prayer, on earth as it is in heaven. And so we pray, God, that we can just come before you and be little kids sitting at your feet. Just like just like we sang in Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. And that that's all we are. We're little kids just sitting at your feet. Amen. Thank you so much if you are a regular listener. And if you are a new listener, I just want to encourage you to follow me on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and also TikTok. And subscribe, click like or comment. And then I also want to encourage you to send me an email. Write me. Tell me what you want to hear. Tell me what is missing, what you don't think is out there. I really want to be kind of bridging this gap of speaking on things that sometimes we don't talk about in the church. And so today I'm going to be talking about what it means to be trauma-informed. This is something that I think often we make jokes and don't even realize how traumatizing it can be to other people. And like a common thing that's like not trauma informed is telling somebody to get over it or buck up. Um, in 
we think it's funny or we think it's, you know, it, it's, it helps us to be tough, but it doesn't work with somebody who has a lot of trauma. I think it can work with, you know, someone that you're really close to and you're connected to, and maybe, maybe you've processed something with them and you're close and there's a good relationship. But if they're, if you don't have that, those kind of comments can actually be very triggering to somebody who has trauma that we're not aware of. So some of what I'm talking about is for those, you know, if you're in a church or in a work setting or educational setting or even just the community on how we can be more trauma informed with other people. So what what it means is really being able to understand the impact of our mental health with things in our past, with experiences. Um, Any therapist who is trauma informed really makes sure to pay attention to the trauma history of a client. And they will take steps to kind of avoid causing triggers where the client could be re-traumatized. Again, it's not walking on eggshells, but it's this it's this effective, trauma-informed way of being able to guide and be and be loving, to be Jesus to people. You know, if I have something behind me in, in my office here that's triggering to anyone, I'm going to take that down. If they see I have books that are red over here and black over here, and that's tr- that's triggering to someone, let me know. I'll change it up. Like, I don't want to be triggering to anyone, even with the show. And so even as I step into this episode today, just give yourself some grace. If there are some things that you have actually caused someone else to be more triggered or traumatize somebody else unintentionally, give yourself grace because I have done it myself. I'm doing this, not thinking and acting like I am perfect and that I have not caused trauma from someone else without realizing what I was doing. And so the Lord knows our heart and he knows that we are wanting to improve on this. And so I'm going to say the same thing for you, to have grace for you because Jesus does for us. He doesn't get mad at us when we say buck up and we think that it we are our heart is good and our heart is is meaning something very well but it doesn't come that it, it is not that way for the other person so I want to bring up something um, called ACEs, which stands for Adverse Childhood Experiences Scale. And what this is, is this is an assessment that's done to be able to identify kind of the, it was like the, the highest, these are like kind of the likelihood of childhood challenges that will cause problems later in life. Um, so it's just kind of the research behind this, the likely negative effects that will increase from having a higher number of ACEs. Um, so you, I will actually put a link for a free ACEs test on the where where you find this episode. So you can find that on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. So you'll be able to see that link um, to go and actually take the test yourself. And so if you have like a one or two, you know, this is the score. If you have the higher the score you have, the more likely you will have difficulties later in life because of the trauma. It doesn't mean that you're going to, again, I'm not, I don't want to prophesy anything negative here, but it's just the statistics. And this is where Jesus comes and we can overcome that with the, with the blood of the lamb. And so I'd say this to give us education, to give us the data, but not saying that that's how it has to be in your life. Um, and the, the 10 ACEs questions were defined as these following childhood experiences. So physical, sexual, or verbal abuse, physical or emotional neglect, separation or divorce, 
a family member with mental illness, a family member with addicted addiction to drugs or alcohol, um, a family member who is in prison, or witnessing a parent being abused. So if there's any of these things, then you would score on the ACEs. And any of these things is basically saying you've had trauma, you've experienced trauma. So most of us in this world have experienced some or many of these. And there isn't shame in this. It just is. And so we want to take away the shame. Or Romans 8.1 says there's now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And allow us to be able to step into this place with curiosity and an openness to get healing from God and an openness to be curious with other people in our life and think, oh, I wonder if they've experienced some trauma. I wonder if maybe this is what's going on for them. People who are chronically late often They've got a high ACEs score, you know, and, and good leaders can get curious and allow for discipleship there in those opportunities instead of saying, well, you're done. And again, I'm not, again, I'm not saying you need to keep people around if they continue to be late and it's affecting your workplace, but you know, maybe find out what's going on in that person's life. There could be something else. And you might be the first person that's actually seeing them for the heart behind what's the struggle instead of focusing on the shaming behavior. All right. There are many things that this quiz doesn't account for, you know, different different places that important roles influenced. You know, if you didn't have supportive parents, you maybe have had supportive coaches or aunts and uncles or grandparents. And so you maybe had, you know, circumstances that really helped support the things that made it difficult. And so your life, you know, that actually helped with the resilience in your life. Um, I just want to read a couple questions so you kind of understand how this works. So number one, it says, did a parent or other adult in the household often or very very often, A, swear at you, insult you, put you down, or humiliate you, or B, act in a way that made you afraid that you might be physically hurt. And then question number four, I'm just jumping around here. Did you often or very often feel that no one in your family loved you or thought you were important or special? Or B, your family didn't look out for each other or feel close to each other or support each other. Um, And then number six is just, were your parents ever separated or divorced? So these are just a few questions in there. And then they added something about racial trauma, that racial trauma is is something that they didn't actually have the question in there, but that is part of what could actually have an ACEs score. And to be able to pay attention to that, that that is something that it's not seen, it's not always like talked about, but it's there and we can hold that in our body. And so to be able to to acknowledge that. When we ignore trauma, that's where we can be more traumatized because it's like, oh, it didn't happen or nobody's paying attention to it. It's like, it still happened. And so this is part of being trauma-informed that allows the unseen to be seen, okay? God designed us to be seen and known. And when we can take something that's painful and bring it out into the light and allow healing to happen, this is where we can move from glory to glory with the Lord. We don't want to keep those things hidden. We want to actually bring them out into the Lord. Um, Psalms 34, 18 says that the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. So the word brokenhearted is in Hebrew says to have a shattered soul. And 
the sin, inequity, and transgression is basically what shatters the soul. And so when we experience trauma and we have bad things or we have absences in our childhood or things that we didn't get that we shouldn't have gotten, like love or care, that adds to our identity. And so when we don't have that, or if we have like violent trauma or bad things that happen to us, this can cause us to not be able to connect with the identity with Christ. And this is why we have to get into our soul to get the healing so that the identity can be matched with Jesus, that our identity is not that trauma. That's not who we are. You are not worthless. You are not unloved because you didn't experience someone telling you you were worthy or you didn't experience someone telling you that you were loved. And so when we get into the shattered soul and allow Holy Spirit to come and heal that, we can allow God to come in and say, no, you are worthy. You are loved. These experiences you have do not define who you are. So this is why it's so important that we don't run from this and we don't hide from it, but we allow God to come in and heal these parts of our soul that have been shattered. I did an episode with Dr. Mike Hutchins last summer, and he talked about that our soul is like a mirror, that when you experience trauma and you go and try to look at yourself in the mirror, you'll see the shattered mirror. So you begin to see yourself as a shattered and someone who has this like shattered image in the mirror. And he said, our soul, I've talked about this before, has made up our mind, our will, and our emotions. Our mind is how we think. Our will is what we choose. And our emotions is how we feel. And this is all wrapped up in our identity, which is who we really are. And so this is why we've got to let the Lord align us with that identity instead of our hurtful experiences. So I want to end this with nine ways that we can be trauma-informed. All right, this is not extensive. These are just nine that I felt God was just showing me today right now. Um, There are definitely more. The first one is get educated. Okay, learn the basics of trauma. If you have never really actually looked into it, because there's many things that can define trauma. You know, you might think trauma is sexual abuse and someone else is saying that, well, no, I was verbally abused. And you may be like, well, that's not bad. It doesn't matter. It's trauma. And so we can't have this like judgment on it. And that's why it's it's important to really get educated on it. Look up the ACEs, take your ACEs test for yourself. um, Listen to podcasts, read books about it. Get educated about it it instead of just saying, oh, I'm, I'm good. I know about this, or I think I'm pretty kind and I'm, I'm thoughtful about other people. Just dive in at least a little bit, read a couple articles, do something so that you're actually getting educated about it. Number two is shift to curiosity. Okay. You want to ask questions like what happened to you and how can I help you instead of what's wrong with you? Questions like what's wrong with you is very judgmental, and it's not how Jesus actually approaches us when we are wounded. See, what happens is when we see people with trauma, we see the outside behavior, which can often be very destructive. And so we want to look at that and we want to be like, what the heck is wrong with you? Because we see the behavior, which is, you know, struggling to continue to have a healthy lifestyle. Um, maybe they're stuck in addiction themselves, um, struggling to keep a job. You know, maybe there's even domestic violence that's happening because of the trauma. Again, it isn't okay because now there's more trauma that's happening. But as outsiders being able to look in, our lens, if we just focus on the behavior, it doesn't allow us to see what God sees because that that's what Jesus does. Jesus comes and sits next to us. Matthew 11, 
1128, come to me, all who are weary and heavy burden, and I will give you rest for your souls. We've got to be safe people and not step forward with judgment, but instead have curious eyes, curious ears, curious heart, and step forward with compassion and kindness like Jesus does. Jesus is patient with us. He is loving with us. Okay, see people as wounded and ask, what happened to them? All right, number three is do your own work, especially if you are somebody who is in leadership. When you have people who are under you, you can cause so much more pain when when you haven't done your own work and you will often just look and see the behavior instead of find out and get curious about what's going on underneath. This is really, really a common thing that people will don't do their own work because maybe they don't think that they need to or you're fine or maybe you have too much pride to ask for help, okay? Luke 17.2 says, it would be better for them, leaders, to be thrown into the sea with a millstone tied around their neck than to cause one of these little ones to stumble, Okay, when you are in a position of leadership and you have either other people underneath you or even as a parent, your children are under you. You are leading your children. Go to therapy, go to counseling, talk to a spiritual director, get help. Find out, take your ACEs test, do this work where you can get curious about yourself so you can have more of this informed approach and see with the eyes of Jesus instead of the eyes of judgment. And you guys, when we have judgment, it means we grew up with judgment. It means we're judging ourselves, And all of this doesn't allow us to then see with the eyes of God looking outward. We just beat ourselves up and we just say, well, that's why I need to just keep beating myself up because then that motivates me. Okay, that right there is pride. And that's keeping you from not actually letting the love of God come in. It's you being in control. I did an episode on anxiety and control, so go check that one out. It means you're trying to control everything instead of actually trusting God. God's got so much more for you. All right, number four, understand your triggers and see them in others. All right, this is similar to doing your own work, um, but understanding triggers is something that I think is helpful because like a trigger is um, something can trigger me to cause me to kind of have a post-traumatic stress response and I don't feel like I'm safe, even though I am safe. Okay, so I am safe. I am okay. But, you know, maybe my husband says something that triggers me to something that maybe he used to say that where the conversations didn't go well. And so I'm not tracking that, no, this is a healthy conversation. Things are going well, but I'm back in, you know, 10 years ago. No, we're, we're here today. And so triggers can take you back. It can trigger your body. Triggers are automatic. Your body gets activated and you have a negative message that says, I'm not safe. I'm not okay. I'm not worthy. I'm not loved. Some sort of negative message gets stirred up with connection with the body sensation. And so being able to understand, okay, what are my triggers so that I'm aware of them? And I don't then just say, well, this is how it is. I am this way. You all need to accept that I get triggered in this situation. And then you make everybody in your life walk around eggshells with you. That is not fair to other people in your life, and it's not fair to you, okay? So then I go back to number three, which is do your own work. But as you're doing your own work, it's important to be able to identify, okay, these are the triggers that I have, and it's okay. You know, I don't do great in groups of people. Don't put yourself in those big groups of people until you work through that, until you are able to dig the roots and allow God to heal that. That's okay. That's actually smart. That's healthy. 
okay? But don't do that for the rest of your life. This is what some people do. They just avoid people for the rest of their life. Don't do that. <laughs> Maybe for a period of time as you are doing the work and you are in therapy and allowing God to process that, you can do that for that period of time, okay? The number five is stand in the gap for those and pray. Intercede, okay? Don't just point out problems and weaknesses. Trust the Holy Spirit, Instead of controlling the situation, know that God is going to come in and he will heal the brokenhearted. That is what Jesus came to do. He came to heal us. He came to deliver us. And so stand in the gap where you see trauma, where you see somebody who's struggling. You don't even have to tell them that you're praying, but just start praying. It's like, nope, the Lord has given you an assignment. Let's go. And then you track and you watch and you see, and then you start praising God for the changes. You start praising God for what he is doing because you chose to step and stand in the gap for those who are wounded. And number six, don't force anyone to talk. If somebody has experienced trauma and they're just not there, we can't push the timing. Believe me, as a therapist, I've done this so often because I'm like, I know they can get better and I think they can get better soon. It's like, okay, Heidi, <laughs> I've had to repent for this. I've had to apologize to clients for this to say, you know what? It's you're not ready and it's okay. I'm I'm certified in EMDR, which is eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. And a lot of people are like, this is great. It's going to change my life. I'm ready. Let's go. And I, they come in and they want to do EMDR. And I'm like, you're not ready. I can't push EMDR and have you process something where you need you need trust building. You know, you need rapport building. You need to feel safe. Like that's the first thing they need. And then the talking will come. And that's how Jesus is. He doesn't jump on us and make us talk. He just sits with us. If you ask Jesus to come right now, he'll just sit with you. It's the biggest thing he does. It's just, you can just feel his presence. And he's just with you. He's not making you talk. He's not making you do anything. He just loves you and he sits with you. That's what we need to do for other people. Number seven is don't invalidate or make up excuses. Like I said, don't say get over it. Um, don't blame others for their trauma. Like, Oh, you know, where you were sexually assaulted, what were you wearing? Or why did you put yourself in that situation? No, you don't ask those questions. I know people will intention, like they have good hearts when people get themselves into situations where I was sexually assaulted. And even there, I said, get themselves in these situations. Sometimes these things happen. Nobody tries to get sexually assaulted. Okay, yeah, maybe there was a choice that was made. Maybe, you know, you put yourself in a situation where you thought that that guy was going to be the one, or you thought that that guy was going to be kind and he violates you. And so now you feel shame and you feel stupid that you even went to his room or went to go out with this guy. And as a Christian, other people are saying, well, why did you go there? You caused this. So this is your fault. That is not how we respond. We don't respond by saying, well, you put yourself in that situation. We just sit and we be Jesus and say, how can I help? Tell me what this was like. Wow, that must be so scary for you. That's how we respond. Okay, we don't jump to analyze and, and, and judging the other people because they put themselves in that situation. Okay, we don't want to walk on eggshells either. 
Okay, here's what we do about that. We ask for feedback. How am I doing? How is this? Is this supportive? Is this is helpful? When we walk on eggshells and then we never talk about it and we just then allow this person who experienced trauma to just run the household or run the workplace or run the, you know, whatever it is, that is not healthy either. So we do need to address, you know, it doesn't mean they have to talk about it, but we have to be like, hey, what's going on? Do you want to talk? you know, I'm noticing that you're struggling. I'm here for you. And at least just speak it. And then don't walk on eggshells with if let's say if you're, you know, you have an employee at work, they still need to attend to their job. They still need to get there on time. They need to do their job. And if those things aren't happening, well, we've got to, we've got to figure things out. And how, how can I help you to get to that place? How can I support you so that we can do these things, these basic things for the job? Again, that's just one example. Um, I think in churches, we can um, either skirt around the issues or we can start to get into another topic, which I can do on another show, which is spiritual abuse, where we can actually say, you know, God said this, or God wants you, you know, you can't force a Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 on someone come to me, all who are weary and heavy burden. The verse says come to me. So if you are ready to go to Jesus, then you will go to Jesus. You can't force somebody to go to Jesus. Okay, that's spiritual abuse. And so we've got to watch that where when we can move from trauma informed now to actually causing the trauma on other people. Number nine is practice empathy and listen first before you speak. So practicing empathy is really just seeing their emotions and saying, gosh, I see that you're really sad. I see that you're really hurt. And just sitting there and being Jesus to them. And with empathy, we can kind of screw this up. So have grace with yourself. Just like I said, don't walk on eggshells, ask for feedback to say, you know, am I being supportive to you? How just ask people, how am I doing? You know, is this helpful for you? Give yourself grace when learning about how to be trauma informed. I think we can beat ourselves up for thinking that we're getting it wrong, but even just kind of understanding the basics and and being more curious with other people is a start. Okay. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope that this has been helpful. And again, like I said at the beginning, I'm here to like be a counselor to you. If you were in the room with me, I would want to hear your story. I'd want to hear what you have to say, what it is that you need. So please reach out to me and let me know what it is that you need. Was there something in this episode that kind of stirred something for you or you had some more questions or you're thinking, well, I want this instead. Like I want her to talk about this. Send me an email, Heidi at Heidi Mortensen, LMFT.com. So send me an email. I'd love to hear from you. Check out me on social media. And if you are on Apple podcasts, please write a review. I really appreciate getting that. It allows for more people to see information about the strong tower mental health podcast. We've got to talk about more mental health in the church. And so let's pray. Holy Spirit, I thank you, God, for the people listening here today, that they have moved into a place of being more trauma-informed, that they are moving into a place of being more curious, to turning to wonder. I pray for their eyes to see like you, their ears to hear like you, and for their hearts to soften to those around them, to wonder what happened to them. And that we move away from judgmental hearts and attitudes, but more towards loving, compassion, towards patience. And God, I just pray for healing over those who have trauma and who have lots of triggers, Lord. And I pray, God, that your your 
presence, Lord, comes into those places in their soul that's been shattered. We just pray, Lord, for a softening and a healing that you can deliver them, Lord, that they can get the help that they need. And they know that they are so loved, that they are your child, they are your daughter, they are your son, and you are so pleased with them. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Thanks for listening to the Strong Tower Mental Health Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts and subscribe wherever you listen. Your review helps the show reach more people and spread mental health awareness with Jesus at the Center. You can also check me out on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, or my website at HeidiMortensenLMFT.com. See you at our next episode.